Barkley straight ahead with a big hole. And running through is Saquon Barkley. And he's going in for a Giants touchdown. Giants turn to try and answer. And here's Saquon Barkley. What is up, Giants fans? Welcome back to another episode of Talking Big Blue with JQ. I'm your host, Jack Cotteraro. Alongside with me, my beautiful and always as lovely co-host, Thomas Sinertia. And we are here to preview the Buccaneers matchup versus the New York Giants. So, Tom, what up, my man? What's up, man? It's been a while. We did the Philly recap the other night, but we're uh, we're previewing this game. And I'm scared. I'm I'm gonna be straight and I'm gonna be straightforward. I'm scared for Monday. I might not even watch. Monday's gonna be a scary game. You said like the spread moved to like 12 and a half points now or something like that. Some recent news: Will Hernandez is on the COVID 19 list for all Giants fans. I didn't know that already, so it's pretty big news. All the other offensive linemen, the four other starters, got sent home. So I saw something that said they should be able to return the practice this week, maybe even tomorrow, but who knows. We're going to get into the a quick game recap of last year's game against the Buccaneers. The Giants won 32-31, to 31, and Daniel Jones got his first win as a starting quarterback in the National Football League. And he had a pretty good day, Tom. He went 23 of 36 for 336 yards, and he had two rushing touchdowns, the game winner, and two passing touchdowns. Well, yeah. I mean, listen, talk about it was, it was, his, first, it was his first NFL start. To add on top of that, Saquon got hurt in what the first, the first or second drive. So the year, what? So because obviously when it's your first start, they can game plan with you throughout the week what you want to do throughout the entire game. Saquon gets hurt, your entire game plan that you've been working on for a week is out the window. So he basically had to run that whole game on the fly, and clearly he did a phenomenal job. That was a lot of people. That game for a lot of people, <laughs> you <laughs> that didn't like the fact that we got the guy that showed people like, wow, this kid can actually play. Listen for all giants fans to clarify what Tom just said. I wasn't particularly thrilled with the draft pick at six. I was okay with them trying to get him at 17, but I know other teams were interested in Daniel Jones. So that is me backing up my side. Cause Tom is always going to give this to me until Probably the day, I don't even know, until, I don't know, football is no longer a thing in a hundred thousands of years. I don't know. He's going to be haunting my grave, this kid. But anyway, I wasn't a fan of Daniel Jones at six. And honestly, I have told myself that you were wrong about it because after seeing that Tampa game, all Giants fans knew that this kid could ball. And he really did, dude. Like Evan Ingram actually played well. He had six catches for 113 yards. That's what we all have been expecting him to do every game. But obviously, we've had none of that. I thought we were done with him. We're, we are done with him, but he, hey, he's still a part of the team, so I added it to my notes because, like, why not? But think about this, Tom. The Giants were down 28-10 to 10 at halftime. In the second half, the Giants outscored the Bucs 22-3. So Daniel Jones, like you said, you lose Saquon in the first half. The Giants are all over the place scrambling around. And this kid has the comeback of the century to beat the Buccaneers because, obviously, you know, a little bit of luck was on Daniel Jones' side, too, on that last-second field goal attempt by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers kickers. God was on his side and pushed that ball past the uh, the post. So that was an awesome game as a fan, honestly, like with how the season started, it wasn't looking good. Dallas blew us out. The bills beat us too. So, Oh, and two, you gotta get, you get that big win. Daniel Jones's first win as a starter. 
And then you win again against Washington the week later, and then you lose like eight straight. That was a, that was a cool game, dude. Like that was Jameis Winston time before Tom Brady. So he had a huge day. He threw for like 380 yards. It was ridiculous with two TDs. And Mike Evans absolutely torched Janoris Jenkins and the D- Giants defense with eight receptions for 190 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, it was a it was a phenomenal game to watch. And I don't know. I'm looking at them now. Just le- last year was us just not trying to go 0 and three. Tampa had no idea what they were, what they were going to look like. Is Jameis is obviously the most inconsistent quarterback of all time. And now you look at this year, and it's just we're kind of in the same boat. And they obviously took 15 steps forward. So we'll see. They really did take a huge leap forward, the Buccaneers, of course, with Tom Brady and now the addition of Antonio Brown. But, oh, man, that game was just awesome. But, yeah, this year's Buccaneers team is fighting for first place in their division. As for the Giants, they're just honestly fighting to hold on at this point. They are 1-6. and six. Um, Some storylines about this game, Tom, I got for you, is that DJ has to lead this team on offense. And can he score points? Like, can this offense score points against this very good Buccaneers rush defense and a good secondary as well. It's yeah, it's really going to come down to obviously Tampa Bay has a phenomenal defense, one of the best in the league statistically. And we just saw what their offense can do when they tore up Oakland and Oakland. I think, I mean, our defense isn't great, but it's not good. And it's kind of like, you know, Oakland, Oakland's kind of bad too, but I think because it's a Monday night game, it's going to be a lot closer than people realize a Sunday game at, you know, one o'clock, four 30, that can kind of get it, get out of hand, but a Monday night prime time, Brady's obviously going to try and show up, but show the giants. Cause at the end of the day, this is our second, this is our last Monday night game, right? We're done after this. Is this our last prime time game? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I haven't checked like the, the times of the game, but we'll probably be, the giants will probably be on Sundays at 1 PM for the rest of the season. Thank God. And like you said, the fact that our old line Hernandez has a positive, our whole team's going to be a mess right now. So it's honestly, this is going to be a game. I don't think we're going to win. Obviously we just got to hope that we come out healthy and let, let Tampa do their thing. And it's teams going in two different directions right now. I couldn't agree with you more, Tom. Literally it's two teams going in opposite directions. One team's getting really hot and the other team is just limping along. But a cool fact about the Buccaneers is that they, that the Bucs have the NFL's top rushing defense, allowing 66 yards per game and just a 3.0 yards per carry. So Tampa has only allowed five rushing touchdowns, the second lowest in the league over the last three weeks. They've held some big guys to do numbers. Like Josh Jacobs had 10 carries for 17 yards. Aaron Jones had 10 carries for 15 yards. Tampa's defense is good. And of course, they're going up a very bad New York Giants offensive line. So this is going to get ugly and it's going to get really ugly fast. Some Giants fans are probably saying right now, Tom, why play this game? Obviously, you know, Hernandez isn't making a huge difference, but you never know what's going to happen the next couple of days. Here we are sitting on a Thursday night at 9.44 p.m. By tomorrow, more players on the O-line could possibly test positive, God forbid. So that would be a huge loss for the Giants, and I would just throw in the white flag at that point because, hey, if we're protecting Daniel Jones to be our franchise quarterback, he you can't put him out there behind an O-line that's probably going to be even worse. But we will probably see some of the young starters going in, like Shane Lemieux, who was a new, new recently drafted player this year in 2020. You'll probably see more of Matt Parrott. So I just think I don't even know what's going to happen between now and Monday, Tom. Obviously, everyone knows by now the thing with COVID is just when you think you know everything about it, you know nothing about it. We just got to – I just hope we go in, we play, everyone comes out healthy. I don't even care if we win or lose. 
I saw I, I just saw pictures on Twitter. They were the way they practiced today. Everyone had masks on under their helmets. That's good. So obviously they all they all cleared the little screening they do. They wore masks and the show goes on, I guess. That's what you like to see, Tom. At least like Joe Judge and the of course the front office of the team are taking, you know, initiative to actually like do something and like have all their players wear masks at practice. Like it's not like the Tennessee Titans where they closed down the training facilities and players still went out for private workouts. Like that's just a no, no. So good part on the giants here handling this situation. I liked it a lot. Another storyline I have is Jason Garrett, let Daniel Jones run the read option. Listen, the bucks have a very good rush defense. So why not try to surprise them? They're probably going to be expecting this after Daniel Jones's huge 80 yard run last week against the Eagles. But still, you got to mix it up. Let DJ run the ball. Get him out there. Because you, you want to see something crazy, Tom? Here are some crazy stats for you. Daniel Jones ranks third amongst quarterbacks in rushing yards this year, only trailing Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson. So for Danny Boy, that's pretty extraordinary company, Tom. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Obviously, his biggest his biggest play was the huge disappointment we saw last week where he just tripped over his own feet. But uh, he's if he can keep this up, Obviously, remember, it's only a second year in the league. If he keeps this up, it's going to turn into more like Aaron Rodgers type running plays where he can extend the play. They have everybody go deep. It's like third and four, where when we had Eli the last 20 years, third and four, you're throwing it and you know your quarterback's not going anywhere. Danny Boy, they can, like you said, they can do a read option if he keeps it, like some RPO type stuff. But He'll, he'll begin to start extending plays. He'll have these huge rushing plays, but I'm more excited for him just extending second and longs, third and shorts with his legs and not just his arm. No, definitely, because, hey, why not use it, dude? The kid can run, bro. He is fast as hell. I've never seen a Giants quarterback move like that in my life, obviously, because I've been watching Eli Manning for my whole life. But just get him active, because I think that could lead to some – set up some big pass plays against this Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense that ranks ninth in passing yards allowed, eighth in passing touchdowns. So I think the Giants have a good chance to establish the run, but more on my side of the RPO. I'd rather see that, Tom. If they can try to establish that, hey, you might be able to take some shots downfield and open up the Bucks defense and actually spread them out. Because if not, they're just going to stack the box and just send everyone after Jones. And this is what we all wanted to see as Giants fans. The line get better this year. Obviously, it's not happening. And I don't think it's going to happen the rest of the year because I think just throwing the rookies into this situation, I know it gives them good and valuable reps, Tom, but I don't know how they're going to handle that facing a, a bunch of very good defenses throughout the rest of the season. Oh, man. And, yeah, like I said, can the Giants even run the ball effectively on this defense? That's going to be a thing because if, if they can't do that, it's going to be a long, long game, and the spread's going to be more and more likely throughout Monday night. Mm-hmm. I don't even know, Tom, who's starting, Wayne Gallman or Devontae Freeman. He's still coming back from that ankle injury he suffered against the Eagles. So who knows? We don't even know who our starting running back is yet. I know it's Thursday night, but we're out here just, you know, getting stuff done. Whoever it is, my big thing this week is health. The fact that we're already playing – we're not playing till Monday. We already had a guy test positive, like I, I already said before. Just – Everyone stay healthy. Like, like if, if like you were saying before, we should shouldn't even be playing. So, like Freeman, bro, if your ankle hurts, don't play. In in a season, like, dude, you just saw what happened in the, in the college world. Trevor Lawrence tested positive. He's gonna be the number one draft pick in in April, bro. He's not gonna he's not gonna play anymore. Health is health is the number one thing. So, like, just if you're healthy, play. If you're not, let's just try and take this one week at a time. 
Tom, I can't argue with that because I said that about Saquon last year. He had that high ankle sprain. And look at McCaffrey. McCaffrey's been out, what, six weeks now almost or five weeks about? At least five. He played the first two games, and now he's been out five games since. Saquon only missed three games. I felt like they rushed him back, but I kind of feel like that was Saquon's mentality going into it. Like, I'm going to come back faster than ever and start putting up numbers. But obviously, there was no O-line to help him out at all. And he just honestly wasn't the same Saquon when he came back until later on the season. But – it's going to be interesting. Honestly, I think Freeman, if they do play this game, what's the point of playing him? Because if the Giants O-line is depleted even more without Hernandez and God forbid anyone else, it's going to be a long night for our running backs. And I think that's, you know, a game you let Wayne Goldman try to go out there and shine. Like he did his thing last game against the Eagles, Tom, late in the game. Literally was picking up nine to 10 yard rush attempts late in the fourth quarter, which was huge for the Giants. And obviously we all know what happened after that, but I'm going to move on from that storyline. Mm-hmm. One of my, my two last ones, the biggest thing that giants need to do on defense is stopping the goat. Somehow I said, because Tom Brady, as we all know, the giants are kind of like his like weakness. Honestly, you could say kind of like his kryptonite. We've seen it in the past. History proves it. The facts show it. I feel like this is just Tom's like redemption tour. Like this is his year. Obviously he's showing up bill Belichick in new England. I think this is just another stop on his list. And, of course, it's at MetLife, too. So, I think Tom's going to have a big game, Tom. I really do. The only way we stop him is if we do exactly what we did in the two Super Bowls. We got to get to him. If you let him, like you said, if you let him just, you know, keep in his head, I'm the GOAT, I'm going to throw all over the field and all over you guys, we're, we're not going to stand a chance. We're going to be down 30 to nothing in, a, in the blink of an eye. If we – not necessarily sack him a lot. If we just pressure him and just like get in the backfield and make him, you know, check down the Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, just do, do the little things to try and keep it close. Cause on offense, the only way we're going to win is if we hit one or two long throws, it's pound for pound. We don't stand a chance. No, we don't. The, the New York giants don't at all, Tom. And it's honestly sad because this is a team I was looking for this matchup, obviously, before the season started. And I was like, Hey, this can be a potentially big game of the giants win a few games early on in the season. Obviously they've missed their chances. And here they are one and six. Another thing I got to say is the giants got to stop those, uh, that duo running back combo for the bucks with Fournette and Jones. So I think they're just two absolute beasts. Ronald Jones, the second is a stud and we've seen him this year, just absolutely destroy teams. And, of course, their 13th overall draft pick from this year, Tristan Wirfs, is having himself a year. That was my other option besides Andrew Thomas. I tweeted about that today, like, before the draft. Yeah, so Looking through all my pre-stuff, Tom, I was like, Andrew Thomas, I love him. He's the most pure left tackle, obviously the biggest Giants need. But I was also like, man, like, Tristan Wirfs is a bull. Like, he, I just envisioned him in a Giants uniform, and also the Giants had a lot of talks with him pre-draft. And I was like, he could be a potential pick, and I honestly would not be upset at all. So he's a stud. I'm hoping Andrew Thomas has a good game. Absolutely, like an absolute fantastic game if they even play Tom the O-line. It's honestly funny that we're talking about it because of COVID and, and stuff like that. But yeah, this is this game could get ugly really fast, like you said, or the Giants may hang with them. Patrick Graham with his defensive scheme. I think he needs to play a lot more man coverage and try to just keep lockdown pressure on these Tampa Bay wide receivers. They can't let Mike Evans have another 200 almost receiving yard game this weekend. So... I don't think early on it's going to be as bad as people think it's going to be. I think if we if we wind up losing by a lot, it's going to come in the second in the second half when Brady kind of like wakes up and the Giants get tired. 
Because put it put it this way, our offense isn't going to be on the field much. And that means our defense is because Brady's just going to have these long drives. I like I see us holding them to field goals a lot in the first half, kind of like what Carolina is doing to Atlanta right now. But that can only keep up for so long. Our guys are going to get tired. Bradbury is going to have his hands full the entire game. And then that the second half is when Brady's going to wind up pulling ahead. I can easily see that, Tom. And also no Chris Godwin for the Bucks because he broke his finger catching a touchdown pass from Tom. So if anyone's questioning if Tom can still fire the ball, he can still sling that thing, as we all know now, because Chris Godwin broke his finger. But, Tom, let's get into our expectations for the game. All right, Giants fans, I'm going to say this right now. The Giants are honestly in no place to win this game. I think they lose 35-10. to 10. I think they score <sighs> – 10 points in the first half the Giants, and then I think they go ice cold because I just don't see, like, a smooth rhythm of this offense yet. It's still very clicky. So if Tampa's front seven does really well, the return of Jason Pierre-Paul, JPP, our old guy, we could be in a lot of trouble. And he's only oh, got three God. fingers on one hand or two or whatever. But I miss you, JPP, and he's, he's doing very well. So I'm happy to see that. But hopefully he doesn't have a tremendous game against his former team. I think, like you said, Tom, I think the Bucs, maybe it's close in the first half, 14 to 10 going in the halftime, and then the Bucs just explode in the second half. Yeah, I think you're on the money with that. We, uh, I think 10's a good number, unless unless for some reason, listen, like like me and you were talking about earlier today, there's two Bucks. There's the Bucs that lost to the Bears where Brady didn't know what down it was, and there's the Bucs that just beat the Raiders by, what, 25, almost 30. So, again, it's prime time. It's Monday night. Anything can happen on Monday night. Like you said, we are in, and we're both admitting this, we are in no position to win this game, which is probably why we're going to win because we're in no position to actually win in a normal world. But this is 2020. This is the world we live in. So who the hell knows what's going to happen? Um, my expect, my expectations, to sum it up, offense, you got to hit those one or two big throws. Otherwise, it's, it's going to be three and outs all game. On defense, Everybody stay back. Keep the plays in front of you. If Brady hits Gronk on those on those little bloopers that he just catches and like tumbles, Mike Evans a few deep plays, that's gonna set them up. So when so then they can just run the ball with their two stud running backs the entire game. We definitely have our backs against the wall right now. Tom, as Giants fans, we are so used to this, and here we are once again, underdogs by double digits in the spread. So I think it's pretty interesting to see that. The last time they were down double-digit spreads was against the Rams, and they covered that. They only lost by eight. So we'll see. Monday night, who knows? Let's get into our crazy hot takes, Tom. I'm definitely saying, oh, man, for the Giants to win this game, I'm going to, like, give three crazy hot takes. Daniel Jones needs to throw for over 300 yards and three touchdown passes. You got to score against the Bucks defense if you want to win because I think Tom's just going to be able to put up points. I think Bradbury and Logan Ryan need to have their best games of the season. Obviously, James Bradbury is one of the top-ranked corners in the league this year, which is awesome. I think he has two picks, and one is to the house, another pick six for Tom Brady. That's a thing. Giants are Tom Brady's kryptonite. We all know this Giants fan, so maybe Giants get in his head early, and then that's it. He fizzles out the rest of the game. I'm just, you know, out here being optimistic. But anyway, and my third one is, man, I guess Leonard Williams has got to have like three sacks, or just the Giants D-line in, in total needs three or four sacks to win this game. So you did a triple deck. You did a triple decker hot take this week. Yeah, because Tom, I was thinking about it actually just before we recorded. I was like, 
The Giants are not favored at in any circumstance to win this game. Everyone knows that. I was like, what are three things they could do to actually like put up a fighting chance? Or honestly, like three things they could do to somehow pull off a miracle and win this game. All right, I'll match you. I'll do I'll do one for every aspect of the, of the game. Special teams, we need to punt the ball very well. Watching what Hecker did for the Rams on Monday night against the Bears, that's that was phenomenal. The Bears are the Bears are inadequate. The Bears are not a good football team right now. I, I don't care how many wins they have. Seeing how much how much life starting inside your own 10 every single drive, seeing how much life that drains from you, that that's huge. That can swing the game. If we can punt the ball and pin Brady inside the 25-20 every single time, even like the 10 sometimes, that's a bit that's an important thing. Gotta hit the field goals. Graham Gano's been money all year, knock on wood. So just if, if he hits his field goals and we punt the ball, that should be good on offense. He's questionable, Graham Gano. He like hurt oh, his squad, I'm ex- pretty sure, last oh, game. Oh, excellent. Our well, best player. Yep, literally our best player. On offense, honestly, try and stay on the field as long as possible. This is like the Super, this is like the Super Bowl in 07. When we, when, when we drained the first 12 minutes of the first quarter, we kicked the field goal on the opening drive, but the opening drive lasted 12 minutes. Cause just, you can't put Brady and like Brady, Randy Moss, Wes Walker, all those guys on the field. If we somehow just get those, if we just convert on third down, convert on third down, convert on third down, I don't care if we kick four field goals, the first four drives, if we own the time of possession, that's how we're going to win the game. And on defense, I'll sum it up. Cause I've been, I've been lagging it on here on defense. Like you said, got to get to Brady. That's the most important thing. I don't care who it is. I don't care if we do safety blitzes and Jabril gets two sacks. They got to get to Brady. I'm going to go with, what did you say? Three sacks? Yeah, I said three sacks total. The D-line would need. I'm going to say four. It's not going to happen, but that's why they call it a hot take. Maybe they'll sack them six times like they did in the Super Bowl. That'll do. That'll do. It's also a friendly reunion for uh, Joe Judge and Brady, which is cool. Yeah, that is cool. And, and like I said earlier, Jason Pierre-Paul and the New York Giants. Oh, it's a JPP revenge game. Oh, no. Oh, we're, we're doomed. Th- this is my fourth This is my fourth hot take with a little asterisk because it does not do with the Giants. JPP is going to have three sacks. Okay. It's, oh, I didn't even realize it was a revenge game. Oh, we're beat. We're beat. Wrap it up. Dude, the Bucs are basically just on like a revenge tour this game. And I think, Tom, I think you're right. I think it's time to wrap up this episode before we go on crazy rants and just get, I don't even, I don't even know, more sad about this game coming up. But Giants fans, stay positive as always. It's a long season. One and six could look a lot prettier, but it's not right now. But, hey, you never know what can happen in the National Football League. And Monday Night Football is some of the best football we've seen. So, Giants fans, thanks for tuning in as always. And we'll see you for the post-game recap sometime this week. Tom, good to see you. As always, I miss you. And come back to school, dude. I will. I will. I just took a little one-week hiatus. Yeah, Tom took some time off. But all right, Giants fans, have a nice night, and we'll see you all soon. Peace.